Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of RNL. I'm your host, Riley. And today I have a very special guest on with me, a good friend. So <laughs> tell us who you are, what you do, and what you like. What do I do? I am Gigi. And I mean, what do you want to know? Who I like? <laughs> <laughs> no, not who. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, <are> you... <laughs> what I like. I love theatre musical theatre and to be perfectly honest there's not much more to my personality (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yes music the arts um yeah I'm all in up in that vibe Mm -hmm. so what do you do then as well I do I am a first year alongside your good self at Rose Prefit yes you are awesome awesome uh so today I thought it'd be really interesting to talk talk with Gigi um, because obviously mm-hmm. it is February and is as I hope most of most of you listening know that is LGBTQ plus history month um, exactly and I thought it was very vital to talk to Gigi today about these things purely because mm. for me I haven't really seen many or any posts or coverage about the month no really not and particularly for us being I think we're at one of the most kind of liberal open mind like progressive drama schools and it's been really disappointing our Mm. SU have done nothing our president is openly gay so it's a bit of a letdown to be honest but um, Mm. but in in positive news though did you hear Angola decriminalize same-sex relationships Mm -hmm. didn't see anything about that anywhere no. I was trying to find something that I could repost I'm like I'm not a, a reliable source for a lot of people <laughs> I guess I, I shouldn't be the one to announce this news nothing on the BBC nothing and it's kind of like, well okay yeah okay. yeah so it's, it's a it's a really big thing though isn't it? I don't think many people understand in this country really the lack of support and and you know interest it seems mm. in you know LGBTQ plus identities definitely not I mean I don't know about you but I Okay, first of all, the first sex education I had was in year nine, so I was 14. That's early. I think I got mine in like year 10 or 11. Really? Yeah, we because had like one the, day. The school I worked at last year did it in year six. And I was like, okay, is that normal now? Wow. But that was like, we did a contraceptive crossword. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is really bad. And then in year 11, we had an abstinence group come in to talk to us. And when they were asked about same-sex relationships, nothing. Yeah. They just moved on. Mm. So I've had nothing, no relationship or sex education for LGBT plus. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, me neither. I mean, we had like, we had the science lessons about the the biology of it, but an actual sex ed class. We had like one like special, like off timetable type thing. And it was all about, you know, straight sex and stuff like that. So I, I literally knew nothing about anything else. Um, no. Yeah, to work it out for yourself. It's just, it's, 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 it sucks. Like you do it's sit there kind of thinking like do. this. Yeah, this doesn't apply to me. Like what, what, what can you do? I also think in this country, so, uh, like science education, particularly in relation to sex is very male heavy. Yeah. I can't say I learned anything about my, the, the female body, the, the female sex. I, I couldn't tell you mm. but uh, until I went on Tumblr and I was like right Ooh. <laughs> oh oh okay Pandora's box is Tumblr Pandora's box is Tumblr. 
they uh it's true and i mean people won't really speak up and say oh what do you do if it's like a boy or what do you do if it's a girl because then you're kind of outing yourself to an entire class and a teacher exactly. you, you don't want to do that especially at that age yeah sure and it's as well if you if you go to a religious school even if yourself you are not religious so i went to a catholic school it's all based around that ethos so to even get a talk about contraception was rare and this is in this is 2017 like what yeah that's crazy i have to say like i learned more about what it was to be queer at that time from watching did you watch ollie alexander's growing up queer growing up you know growing up gay documentary no i didn't know i re-watched it yesterday and i was just thinking Oh, so glad for that documentary. Like, oh mm. man, it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I learned quite a lot of things from watching things rather than the you know, experiencing mm. them. I mean, I, I didn't really have any. <gasps> She's popular. Oh no, I didn't really have any. Uh, you know, gay friends, queer friends at all. Uh, and I was always in like the lads lads group. No. So for me, I was sort of always stuck in that like very toxic masculine sort of group at school and things like that. So I never really had any outlets to even try and be more myself I guess uh, and that didn't really happen until I went to college and then luckily I found some friends which did fall under those types of um, identities and I was like oh that's interesting so I started to become mm-hmm. friends with them and then after a while it kind of got to the point where every time I went out with them they were just like taunting me and teasing me about the life I could have had like they didn't know they didn't say anything to me I'm not saying that I'm saying that I was watching them and I was taunting myself because I was like they're so happy like look at them they're just living authentic their lives I'm not I'm just stuck here like being the straight friend of them and that's mm-hmm. what I kind of thought do you know what can't do it I mean that and the fact that when uh, I brought I brought a girl home and you know things were escalating and then it was kind of like I just can't do it it's just not happening mm. so that's the point where I was like you've you got to stop lying to yourself and others because this is just yeah. an awkward and low-key embarrassing situation to be in well yeah because getting getting yourself to that point as well like you're putting yourself through something not just other people mm. and that is no one should have to deny who they are to please other people it's true yeah I mean now I kind of live with the ethos of uh um why should you live uncomfortably so they could live comfortably yeah because it's not our job to to live unhappy just because other people don't like it <laughs> exactly <laughs> it exactly doesn't make, doesn't make no sense and why should anyone have to go through that I had an opposite kind of experience all my friends whether I speak to them now or not uh in secondary oh, school some tea there G they were all or supposedly all, at least bi or gay. Mm. But it was just us. And everyone knew it. And even though I didn't explicitly say to other people, like, so, okay, so my year 11 prom, I arrived in, it was a fitted kind of tux type vibe, but I had a really long skirt, like it was very androgynous. And I was told to go and change. Mm because that didn't fit the values of the school and I knew it would happen but just I had to make that statement because everyone there saw it but it's yeah very weird because I was kind of I was never singled out for who I was until authority got involved Mm. so that was one incident but then 
I, I was in the prefect te- team at my school, little Catholic. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I tried to set up a gay straight alliance because there was absolutely no support. Yeah. Like there was a lot of home of like proper girls were being beaten up. That was all girls. So I think I like, didn't really hear about that. No, that is true. Actually, girls yeah, I mean, can beat up girls. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was a horrific environment to be in if you were queer in any way. So yeah, that's what yeah. I tried to do. They said, no, you can't, you can't do that. And I went, okay, what about an LGBT group? No. And I basically, I was like, right, if you're not going to let me name this thing as it is, I'm not, I can't do it. Mm. But then the I, I'm friends with people in the year below me. They set one up, but the only way they could do it was by calling it the Young Enterprise Society. <laughs> that's, no, that's 2020. Yeah, it's not good at all, is it? Like, you're just hiding things again. Like It's like the, yeah. the, the shame that they put on students through an institution just because of their, you know, who they are. Yeah. Mm. That's quite shocking, especially in, you know, the last year. Yeah. That's Definitely. crazy. And it's just, it's like, if that if that's in a school, like, God help when you get out in the real world. Yeah. Because it... it it does feel like a safe bubble if you're not even safe in that school life then you're definitely not going to feel safe in the real world mm, mm, it's true it just builds you up to fail basically you have none of that confidence to start with and then you go into a bigger thing with scarier people older than you as well and you just mm-hmm. you're going to end up repeating the same experiences really yeah very scary stuff mm. Oh, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. It's not good at all. It's, it's, it's there are no words. It's challenging. So, if you was a head of a, a school or an institution mm-hmm. like that, then what do you think should be implemented then to try and support this community more? Oh gosh, I would start with having a bloody gay straight alliance. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> third step. Because oh yeah, def- definitely in a school where it's a religious ethos, even just having that would be something Mm. but I'd also we had nothing about so we did Maggie Thatcher for so I did law government politics right nowhere in the book actually no there was a paragraph mentioned the AIDS crisis and section 28 Mm. that was one paragraph in a whole entire syllabus which I like I as someone who knew about that history from their own research like I would have history classes put in specifically for LGBTQ history but not just that but the contribution of the black community to that history because that's not taught enough no also trans lives Mm. into that like I remember in my school you couldn't say the word gay really (laughs) it's crazy I tried to give an assembly on Stonewall nah that's uh they're wow. too young. They're too young. Too young, of course. Too young. Too young. That's bad. That's that's that's, that's really bad. I mean, so so what content would you would you implement, do you reckon? What do you think needs to be taught then in, in education? Well, to be on to be honest, the big thing should be like, you know, you should start off with the big things, Stonewall, age, sure, sure. those things. Because once you have that grounding, you're like, okay, let now let's get the other voices involved. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, just among our our drama university level drama school cohort, the amount of people who didn't know the word queer 
or didn't I don't think many people know about Stonewall Mm. well that's shocking yeah so it's trying to get as many of the big topics as you can and then hopefully through the years you can start going okay this person's pretty important this one is as well yeah yeah definitely definitely I think like to stress the importance of the fact that this isn't like an isolated incident it doesn't just affect you know gay people or you know someone else in, in the community it's the intersectionality of it all it's like but there are p- people that are not white in this community there are there are transgender people that are also not white I think people just sort of forget the amount of individuals that are within this lovely group of people mm-hmm. um and therefore they they feel like it doesn't affect their selves or or their their identities and what they represent and I think if people really understood the types of types of individuals that do actually fall under this category they would probably definitely second guess you know the the gay experience lesbian experience and you know all the rest no definitely Mm. I think people obviously assume as well you know with the stereotypes and stigmas of you know different individuals as well like different groups of people I mean you know the gay you, you're super camp you like pink and all things like that but of course that's really not the case for a lot of people no. I think people need to be you know educated and shown the variety within this group of people yeah. you know, like, um, not everyone's the same and you need to make sure that you don't go in with that ideology because yeah. at the end of the day you're just being quite discriminatory if you're just gonna close people off because they say they're gay or whatnot because in your mind mm-hmm. you have this set image and values of what that means yeah definitely but there's i think there's also a problem within the lgbtq plus community of oh, 100%, stereotypes 100%. yeah because so i use queer as an umbrella term but i'd say like i mean bi has a really different meaning now than it did like last year it's, cr- it's moving very fast but like i'd say i'm bi pan and then demi mm. but if i say i prefer saying bi because people like okay I understand that. Whereas if I say I'm pan, they're like, well, you're very alternative. You're very quirky. And I'm like, how am I? Alternative is very much like I'm a plan. That's like a plan B. Yeah. That's like, I didn't think of that first. Let's go to this. So that, that makes me feel like a second class citizen of like, mm. I'm having an alternative lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. not. I'm being quirky. Come on. I'm just being open-minded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it kind of has like similar weight to like, you know, exotic exoticism you know what i mean like it's they they don't yeah, know it sure. so they want to they want to romanticize it and and rep it and have it like oh this is my pansexual best friend type thing i mean it happens with everyone but i mean i agree with the fact that you know some some terms and some you know forms of identity people don't actually understand what they are so they mm-hmm. just sort of either amazed by it and want you you know as their bestie so they can just show it off which is not very good at all it's yeah. just a big fat i'm liberal look at my yeah. look at my friend yeah. my quirky friend that's not good at all but no i agree i think there's definitely not a level of education or exposure to other terms you know within the queer community for sure and that leads to a lot of things that like you just said there mm. yeah. and then it's then microaggressions which then really make people mm. wish they didn't say anything and wish they were straight yeah which is not good at all why would anyone need to wish themselves to be someone else god i wish i really wish i want like why does I ever want to be straight why would I want to be straight <laughs> like my fashion sense got so much better when oh, I yeah. was no longer straight <laughs> <laughs> I mean my mind didn't change I was always a cool kid 
No, I'm joking. Oh, I think like when I was like nine or ten ish, something like that. I think I wore black and navy together. So I think we went down a dark path there. You don't mix black and navy. You're young. It's fine. <laughs> we'll forgive you. No, I know. But that was the, that was when my uh, parents like, let me choose my own clothes. I think I uh, lost that lost that uh, privilege pretty quick. <laughs> mm. No, <laughs> no they were like navy tracksuit bombs that were like. Um, so like that waterproof material rather than you know the, the fabric yes. one and they had neon green stripes on the side and then I'd wear some black t-shirt as well so that's surely just naughty's fashion it really is it's, what else we men are wear yeah I, yeah it's true it's, it's, it's not a good time we're, we're much we're much better now <laughs> did you wear a bucket hat no I don't I don't I can't think I don't think I pull them off not fully down the rabbit hole then you were just kind of yeah I mean I'm more I'm more of a cap guy that's sort of where it's at. <laughs> like, I put them on all the time, yeah. but I just I don't think bucket hats, you know, they don't they don't do it for me. I think I, my, my cheeks are a bit too round for that. I kind of just look all a bit oh, like no. a like a squid is caught in a net. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to those topics, and I think yeah. it's interesting, and I think it's it's worth the listeners finding out some you know true stories about these things so feel yeah. free to share what you want to share and obviously whether sure. you don't feel comfortable about it's fine but what are the negative impacts of other people that have directly affected you oh. and your you know self-acceptance story so did you ever go on ask fm <laughs> i never did but everyone oh, else did yeah honestly this was I think oh, I don't know 2010 ish so like so I struggled a lot with my bo- with body image so that's mm. a big reason why I was bullied at school but as soon as you get kind of into puberty and people you dress a certain way people go oh wow you look gay yeah so that added another layer to it but on so ask a fem if you are unaware was a website where you could ask questions either you made an account and asked people questions or you were anonymous and a lot of my questions were anonymous kind of thing of like why are you such a dyke you know that that kind of vibe and a lot of it was about the way I looked so I was I was like worryingly overweight um and so that was a source of them to kind of go oh no one will ever love you because you look like that and because and because you're a dyke, ah, oh, no one will ever love you then. Ha ha ha, got you. You know? So that that was a so online kind of cyberbullying. And because t- you can't track who's doing that. T- and yeah. teachers didn't give a stuff. They wouldn't oh. it still felt like even though section 28 wasn't there, mm-hmm. I think we were quite lucky at that. There was no want to promote or explain homosexuality and LGBTQ plus so that's where that came kind of started from and then going into secondary school my friends and I were targeted a lot and then because I didn't have a filter at that point I would (laughs) fight against that meaning I got into horrible situations like I've been beaten up before I've you know people have spat at me like I, I remember going on a date with a girl and we were like holding hands on the bus it was all cutesy and cute because we're like 15 15 (laughs) it was really cute Cute. and I remember this group of boys who were older 
clearly wanting to assert their masculinity. Oh, you know, you know. <laughs> and they saw that, clocked it, and you know, you know that story a few years ago of the girls being beaten up on the bus. Yeah, yeah. That really resonated with me because that is what we could have been. They were basically, I, I genuinely thought I was going to be raped. Wow. Because they were trying to turn us. I see, I see. So it was using that. And then, so luck, we luckily went, I mean, she's one of my best friends now. And she was very much kind of like, no, we're just going to, we're just going to get off. We're going to go down where there's proper CCTV. So we left. And I remember we got followed for a while. We were just walking around. This was like early evening. So it wasn't too dark. Yeah. But I think if it had been at night, I, I don't know what we would have done. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, that knocked me back a lot. So mm. that's when the anxiety starts, the depression, like mental health at that age is very yeah. easily influenced. And for mm -hmm. me, that's when it got really bad. Yeah. Um, and I guess, because you never stop coming out to people. No. Even no, if it's just like a shopkeeper and you're, and you're stood beside someone who could potentially be a partner, you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but like I only really started accepting myself in my not even my final year of school like my gap year and um, being able to experiment until the pandemic hit yeah. <laughs> but then honestly no I came out to my parents in December on a live performance because they read my piece mm. which was amazing like you were I'm so I proud did. of you for that you did really 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 well kind of you it's tough um, to do so i'm extremely proud of you don't make me cry um <laughs> <laughs> but i was like it's not gonna happen now it will never happen yeah you do and have to take that leap of faith you do and i don't know i mean actually i'm really grateful to alex because alex sent me a, a lot of voice notes about akt Mm -hmm. it's an amazing charity who i have actually contacted for like a bit of support amazing but um it's it's an environment where they both know but the the night the day after we've never mentioned it since mm. apart from when my mum went on my twitter page saw the word queer and was like you can't have that in your bio <laughs> that's when i knew okay i think that's uh, where we are yeah yeah. And it's not hostile. It's not, they don't love me anymore. It's just the fact that we're not going to address it because it's not something we want to talk about. We're too scared. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah, think that's definitely. where a lot of that generation of parents are. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that they don't know how to accept it because they don't want to do the research and stuff like that. So I think COVID's kind of, I mean, I think maybe both of us actually if it wasn't for COVID I think we'd be in a much further place mm. with our self-acceptance but even even signing up to the drag and cabaret society my internal homophobia went no you can't do that that's gay mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but then as soon as I clicked that button I was like yeah that's yeah that's where I'm going internalized homophobia is it's, it's like a silent killer mm. to be honest it's, it's really bad it's like an infection it eats you up you start you know training yourself to hate yourself and then you you do put that on other people sometimes in some cases yeah. um that, that's that's really bad like can you imagine like you're actually destroying yourself and who you are and then 
spreading that you know hate and discomfort with other people which you know might be perfectly happy within themselves or going through the same thing of that I'm not quite sure I need a little bit more support to be who I am but I'm trying anyway I remember so one of our first classes at Bruford was like introductions and it was a class where we were studying pre-colonial Africa mm-hmm. and it was the introduction session and the se- session <laughs> I can't fake and I've got I'm feeling nervous talking about it that's how much it affects me but then she said mm. you describe yourself in one word and we went around the class and I don't know why but I just went I'm Gigi and the word I'd use is queer and I just felt whether it was my internalized everything going that's a pin drop you just said the wrong thing backtrack 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 so I remember sitting back in my seat going oh shit mm. sorry can I swear yeah 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> um because like I don't know what happened because then I looked around at people people like yeah oh oh she said the Q and word, and then guys. she said the Q <gasps> word, and because Palessa had literally been, so our teacher had literally been talking about how when she came to Bruford, she had these religious views, yeah, which included <laughs> homophobic views. So I was like, oh god, I've just really put myself in a hole. And then you texted me saying I've been brave, and that made me feel so much better. Mm. So like even just one person saying you are valid means everything at a time where you don't think anyone's going to be there or yeah. say that to you. Yeah, for sure. It does help just knowing that someone else is there, that even if it's just, you know, a couple of feet away type thing, you know, that there mm-hmm. is someone. I mean, I messaged you that and that was uh, because I genuinely meant it. But also I was in the same boat. I didn't say nothing to no one. No one knew about mm-hmm. me yet. And I was like, oh, I like I really rate Gigi for that. So I was thinking I was in the same boat. There was no one else in our year, on in our course, on our classes specifically, mm-hmm. that you know were in the LGBTQ plus, you know, identity region. And it was kind of like I don't want to be the only one. I don't want to, you know, yeah. have to do all that stuff. And then when you said that, that was also a little thing for me. It was like, oh, at that. least there is someone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. Because... That, that was, I wish I could be that brave yeah. as you is what I was trying to say oh, at the time. No. And then uh, all of a sudden, I think like the, the week after we had like a special class, it was like feminist fear or something. And it was like, so tell me about your identity. Who are you? And that day I just thought, oh, I'm just going to say it. And I just, I just told everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that and was, I'm, I'm, I identify as a gay man. Point. I was like, quick, rush over that, rush over that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. What, what like, I look- found hilarious was people's identities have changed, like, which is fine. Mm-hmm. sexuality is a spectrum however if you are going to change your pronouns every single lesson i think there's something there that needs to be discussed mm. yeah, that's a little yeah it's a rocky road there. i mean someone we we know you know he was identifying as as he and him the entire time and he was really close to Gigi as well uh, yeah. and obviously Gigi had had you know explicitly said to you know a few of us you know uh, I'm not sure where the pronoun line sort of is you know I'm still you know exploring and you know just trying to have fun with myself and and find out where I truly want to be and express myself yeah. so this other guy knew this and then after yeah. a few sessions saying he and him he just thought yeah they in them you know whatever I don't really care, no, I don't care you're, what you're talking to me and and for me I lost a lot of respect for him for that because you know for listeners I don't, I don't really know so 
that's kind of really disrespectful and dismissive of the mm. actual process of certain people's uh you know identity you saying yeah. that really diminishes you know all the hard work and you know the confidence that people have because if you can easily just throw these things about and not really give a shit how's the other person going to feel when that's a genuine thing they're terrified to do yeah and there's a big difference between saying you know what you've really helped me kind of notice something and going like yeah I'm starting to because what I remember saying is I'm starting like I'm starting to think they is something that I'm tuning into mm. that's how I phrased that because I was saying she her I am like I am a woman I don't have that gender issue but I'm just saying that there's some non-conformity there that I just want to bring to your attention mm-hmm. he was just kind of like yeah don't care and it's kind of like it's kind of like in a way when people say oh I don't see color Mm. it's it's erasing that the whole identity like you do that's the reason you're saying that the reason you're dismissing like you're dismissing people who are genuinely going through that Mm. and it's just yeah a lot of a lot of trust and respect was lost after that event Mm, I agree I agree I was really surprised as well actually Mm. um because they preach allyship and then they kind of <laughs> they do microaggression things like that which are detrimental yeah. to people that they don't even know about yeah I mean to be honest I was expecting microaggressions casual homophobia mm-hmm. but I think what we've experienced I don't know if you're planning to talk about this or not but, but I well, think what we've experienced she's gonna drop was, it <laughs> she's gonna drop it what we experienced I was never expecting that at a drama school mm. and it's it's just kind of a bit like do I even trust the faculty mm-hmm. no yeah yeah I feel that yeah I think I think as well it's, it depends on where people are in their self-discovery journey too if they're really confident and comfortable in themselves they just brush it off but for people that are still mm-hmm. you know in, in the eye of the storm it's all very real very fresh for them I think you will definitely get you know upset and offended much quicker by those things because they 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 hit a lot more and it does take mm. a lot of time to to build up some sort of you know hard skin for those things and it's not easy I mean I talk like you know it was easy for me it's not really just that I mm. I hated myself inside for all of those years I, that's like the worst thing I could have got for myself so anything else other people say to me doesn't really affect me as much as it could do but that's not to say that I don't feel any type of way it does make me question you know my my identity my mm-hmm. comfortability and things like that and then I have to remind myself you know don't do that and luckily I have you know Alex that will always be there to say like you don't need to to do those things you don't need to listen to them things you know who you are yeah. type thing you all need an Alex <laughs> everyone does need <laughs> an Alex yeah he's amazing yeah but then generally be, being with him really taught me a lot um like when we first got together I was you know in a way very homophobic to myself though I was always fine with everyone else but to myself I was like oh you're gay and always just you know slag myself off really um and I never really had the confidence to do anything I wasn't comfortable with myself to do anything and you know being with him really taught me you know mm. how to be more comfortable with myself from a start to then address these issues properly because I mean I knew I was it was gay from like probably like 11 years old mm. but I didn't really know sort of what it was I just knew that it, 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 I didn't, wasn't really like everyone else. There was this disconnection to what everyone else was talking about that I didn't really know 
know what it was until obviously when I got much older and I was like I think that explains a lot of things but from like 11 I was always basically trying to you know fade into the groups you know be like a little chameleon I mean I didn't look gay necessarily sound gay I guess and that's what everyone used to tell me so I think I had that stigma (laughs) built in my own head you know it's like oh you're the straightest gay I've ever met and it's like okay thanks like wow that's still comparing to a straight ideal yeah like you like like you're not straight enough for me or like you're not that oh it's so heteronormative Mm, it really is yeah it is and I think those values they're the things that have kind of scarred me internally you know and mm. like I said being like the lads lads group in secondary that's probably the worst thing ever but there was like no one else and you know we were good friends but there was a lot of uh casual homophobia being thrown around there was a lot of you know slurs that, you know just passed about like nothing and I think all mm. of those things definitely affected me much more than I really realized until I sort of grew up and out of that group and moved on to college and things like that and I had to really start thinking about especially as an artist you know creator an actor it's like you have to know where you are in the first place to build a character off of that if you don't know where you are there's no starting point as an actor yeah I mean so have you watched it's a sin of course I have (laughs) oh trauma um there's a line in it's a sin where richie's talking to donald about you know i can't tell anyone i'm gay because i I know i want to be romeo i want to be the romantic lead if if i tell people i'm gay i'm gonna be the clown Mm. that really hit me because i don't think there's the job security still but then i think with the way that straight people are telling us that we should be playing gay parts you know yeah I think there might there might in the future be that kind of but I'm like that really hit me of being a clown Mm. because that's playing it for you know that's playing into the flamboyant camp Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stereotype yeah because I think if if Richie had been a girl that similar thing would have been like a butch maybe goth type vibe but you know but you know with a masculine edge Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a very valid point to be honest and and that is like talking about it just makes you think there is no real leads in any sort of major things or you know that are not straight that, you know somewhere mm-hmm. falling the queer community um mm-hmm. that is very true i mean a big example is like the mcu like thinking about that we haven't really had any front runner which does fall in those categories as of yet anyway no. but but Deadpool's that... pan apparently but you know mm. I question that you know, personally. <laughs> I question any art that says, oh, did you know this character was? Yeah. Like, like um, JK, I'm a turf rowling. Um, was, you know, Dumbledore's gay. But your, but your first film was released 15 years ago. Yeah, but Dumbledore's gay. Didn't yeah. you know that? It's true. I mean, if, if these if these artists and you know, forms of media wanted these things to happen, they would have like said them in the actual piece. I think it's true because then people just like theorize and try and defend shows and, and other pieces of media and whatnot um, to say that they know they no, 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 look, they have these types of people in it. So it's fine. But it's not it's not true. It's the same thing as like they were talking about making you know the whole thing about bond being female and stuff like that yeah and it, that was a big issue but it's more the fact that i don't necessarily think you know feminists and things like that would want a female character just to become a, a male character for all this time to like kind of jump on these things but mm. i think it's much better to have 
their own female established character in their own right who has built up that reputation and that success by themselves i think it's the same thing you can't just jump onto a train of something which has already already gone just because you know that will please the people or whatnot because that again is just doing the same thing as we were talking about that one guy who said they them they just say it because they understand it's like you just put in this new label on the character for no reason that makes no sense that is is harmful because all these people that do have you know that identity are going to start thinking well oh it's like easy just to say that so why am I making it a big yeah. deal? Is it a big deal? Do, should I even care about these things? And you definitely should. It's your identity. It's you. Mm. But definitely, I think that is a, that's a harmful thing to do. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. Sometimes there's just no continuity in it. You, you just have to question, like you just said, like, what? <laughs> it's like Star-Lord apparently is bisexual. Is he now? That's interesting. But it's just kind of like, but okay. <laughs> Would I like, have known that? No. And yeah, and that I know a lot of people came for Chris Pratt for that because obviously Chris Pratt does attend, you know, a church which you know people mm. have looked into, which apparently do have more of a anti-gay stance on yeah. things. So I know he got a lot of hate for that, but we don't necessarily know that from him, and we don't know about Star Lord and things like yeah, that. I, I, people I find that whole thing really hard because they could say any church has an anti-gay stance, depends mm-hmm. how how deep they look into the Bible, or equally, you know, any religion. Yeah. So I found that hard. It's just the fact he didn't come out and say, no, look, I'm aware my church has these views, but yeah, that's I the guess. Issue. But then, like, when they, when they say Star Lord's but I'm like, is he though? Does he look at another man in a romantic way mm. in the film? Does he? Or are you saying it because it would look cool? Yeah. It's like um, in, the, in one of the greatest shows, I think, of the decade, the world, Riverdale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jughead is meant to be asexual yet they completely took that out you know from the comic like the source material had him as asexual but to take they took it out because let's give the teen drama world what they want which is more straight sex mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's true. That could have been a really interesting thing of having Cole Sprouse who so many people know you know being cody and whatever having him play an asexual character i think would have been game changing yeah it would that was i agree that would have been revolutionary to be honest um you know you would never i would never have seen an asexual character on on a screen before like at all in anything so for a show that is that successful you know maybe maybe that is the reason though would it have been as successful if they they didn't allow that to run how it had i don't know because they still so 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 asexuality because my best friend is so i kind of have an in, an insider little because <laughs> so so i said to her right like if i'm going too far tell me but would you ever have sex and she said i might but it's just the fact that she has no desire to for the foreseeable future mm. so it might be that whatever ship name they had i don't know i don't really watch riverdale but <laughs> That rom- if they if people were truly invested in the romantic relationship and development of these characters, they wouldn't care. But if they're just watching, you know, for the pretty people, yeah, that's extremely shallow. Yeah, it's just showing shallowness. 
Yeah, and that that's just what's the point. I mean, yes, we all like spicy people in good shows, but equally <laughs> they have to have good shows, you know, they need to be good characters and good plots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean a clear example of the spicy people was Bridgerton. You know. Was what? Have you seen Bridgerton? No, I haven't actually. But I've heard it's a bit controversial. <laughs> Add Reggae Jean Page to your list. I see. I'll, I'll, I'll look him up. I, I have got Bridgerton on ready to go. I just <laughs> haven't hyped myself up to start it yet. You know what? That, that trailer for the show is very queer baiting. And I don't know if this is a spoiler at all, but, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on that in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'll, uh, I'll look into it. I'll probably watch the trailer and watch it. Because I've heard a lot of things from, you know, different people. Yeah. And, you know, they all seem to line up and say, it's a little bit messy. It's a little bit controversial. In it some is, parts. but it's, it, it, it was drastically better than the books. The uh, books were whew, very, very problematic. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah. Didn't enjoy it though. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the thing though with 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 shows and stuff is that there isn't really many, if at all, that have, you know, queer identities in them. No, and if they are, it's lesbian, gay, bi. Yeah. Maybe it's, a just, trans it's the stereotypes as well. Yeah. That's what it is. I have never mm. seen, you know, a masculine gay man like in any sort of media, to be honest with you. I've never seen myself on a screen and thought, wow, I, I could actually, you know, be that person or I could play that character. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of an example that it really is also like I, I've never seen myself on screen mm. and which, which is kind of weird. Well, it's no, actually it makes complete sense because I think bisexuality, pansexuality is very much still treated as a phase. Yeah. So there's a film on Netflix called Alex Strangelove. And the whole way through, he's like, am I bi? I'm bi. He comes out to his friend as bi. But then by the end, you know, but like the big kind of end finale you know, I'm coming out to the world, he's gay. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, so for a moment, I kind of saw my identity on screen, but then I really didn't because it was a phase to get where he was going eventually. Yeah. And that, that, that doesn't strike well on me. But then I'm like, that's just going to give me more reason to write these characters into existence. Exactly. That's what I feel as well. Like, if no one's going to do it, you got to do it yourself. Definitely, I think that impacts my work quite a lot. It's that I want to write characters that you know I think are relatable, you know, that, that have my experiences, people that I know, and and try and flip these like na- heteronormative narratives that have been shoved down our throats all this time, mm-hmm. and you know to try and stop these stigmas and stereotypes because no one is the same in this in this lovely community at all. I was to say, uh, Sense Eight on Netflix is probably the only time I've seen such positive representation. Mm. because actually there's a character called Leto in Sensei who is who is a quite a masculine gay man he's Mexican and so there's that whole community as well which haven't really been put on screen which there's a bit of quite a lot of homophobia there that he has to deal with but also in the show one of the characters like the main characters is a trans woman in a relationship with a black woman 
like for me seeing that I went I never seen that before and I probably won't see it again for a while mm, but yeah, yeah that's a sad truth <laughs> that, though, yeah that's probably the only show I can tell you that has some representation you still have the straight couples in there mm-hmm. but you know you still root for them because you're like ah I don't just have one queer couple I have two <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's actually very true as well it's rare to find more than one one you know mm. queer character let alone two queer characters but it's mm. very rare to see more than one queer couple in a show at one time yeah yeah because... I don't think yeah, they don't really run a whole queer cast of things unless it's, it's a sin. <laughs> Can't get to that, can we? But mm. uh, in soaps as well, like there's always only one gay character on, on you know, I'm thinking about EastEnders. There's one character that's gay on the square, right? Another character comes in that's gay too. Ah, oh, let's put them together then. Mm. Like there's no kind of, Oh, but come on <laughs> it's just in in a show that that no so eastenders because my, my friend went to eastenders and she remembers telling me that it's about to it's supposed to represent the country so if you have a, like a cast of 40 i don't know how many there are one gay character mm. Pretty sure there's more than one gay person for every 40 people in the UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I think what, what we've said previously as well is that um, you can't see these things, which makes mm-hmm. it sort of even more positive and negative, I guess. I mean, for some people, they feel more safe because people don't know these things straight off. But then that also causes more anxiety because they may have to say at some point, like, this is me, by the way. Mm-hmm. So can you not say those things or I'm not going to do that? Um but then there's also a lot of negatives as in people can't see these things therefore they don't act upon them you know Mm. when I say that I mean not being mean to people I mean like they won't go home and research things they won't go look up things they won't question you know why are they different from me type thing and it's Mm. that not knowing I feel for sure and that lack of exposure and education to these types of things that cause so many problems I think people genuinely don't understand these identities well enough so when they say things, they do not have the sensitivity or care and, you know, realisation of what will actually be the effects of those words. So I think that is something that needs to be worked on. And that, again, links to representation is that we don't see many characters at all from this community. So then how can people look at it and go, oh, so is that how some people actually feel? Or is that really an experience of you know, a lesbian woman, a gay man, you know, a transgender individual? You know, it's all of those things that we don't really see but would help so much. I think that that's why only now really is media starting to, to open up these little doorways, very small doorways, very slim (laughs) for all Mm -hmm. these types of characters to start merging and to be played by people that are genuinely authentically in those same, same identities as their characters. Mm. I've got kind of two points leading on from that, but the first, the first one is, you know, it took George Floyd for people to really take notice at how black people are treated in this world. Is it going to take an equivalent in our community for that, for people to want to research, to want to, Mm. you know? That's an interesting thought. 
because it, yeah, it, like because what is it going to take? Yeah, yeah, very sad events, but I think that's the only real thing that really drove you know last yeah. a lot of events from last year. It shouldn't have been. No, exactly. Like a lot of people were invested before that, but quite a few people only did start to realize oh yeah wait racism is a thing because of a you know a tragic tragic event like that which is really sad in itself but i agree that does is that does that mean it's going to be the same type of thing for people to actually start to wake up to these things yeah the very scary thought yeah yeah and also kind of i guess it's linked into it to sin because russell t davis was like i want to cast authentically queer gay actors in these roles I think that's brilliant. My my one issue with it is, is it going to force people to come out? Is it forcing people to come out and be mm. open about their sexuality? Because they might, that might be just something, they, they're not, not out. They're just not telling the public. Yeah, yeah, that's very true, actually. I didn't really Equally consider that. That's who, good. Yeah, but then people who, people who also want to explore like they might be because bi curious is an identity still and you might just be incredibly straight passing you might always be in relation like if you're male you might always be in relationships with women there's still that part of you mm-hmm. and it feels like how you know are you gonna have to prove to the public that you're still valid to have that's my only issue with the whole casting but quite funnily um because russell t davies also did queer as folk very scandalous at the time, but I did love it. <laughs> um, so he cast, as far as I'm aware, I don't want to put them in a box, but Charlie Hunnam is straight, I think. And I don't know his name, but the guy who plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones was the oh, other yeah, yeah. key member. I think he's straight too. So I'm like, yes, you could have said, you know, from experience, I find it more authentic. But then I'm like, we were just dissing your previous work that changed a lot of lives. Yeah. That's just my one issue with that. But I do think one of the best Russell T Davies, you know, casting choices was John Barrowman. Hmm. In that random Doctor Who series that wasn't Doctor Who, but it was Doctor Who. I've just just brought up the actor to see if I can quickly spy anything. Yeah. Um, but do a little not, digging uh, I'm not quite sure that he is well certainly there's nothing oh, he's openly saying mm, I can't seem to find I'm... anything now just looking I kind of thought it would be mm, I'm sure something like that so I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not right. sure but from some things they're saying controversial and queer folk in the title so that kind of makes you think that something you know not mm. lining up happens there but I agree it's like it, then then does he does russell t davis himself have like double standards on things you know yeah is he, is he saying it's fine to be gay here but not there type thing yeah and then that's well, I, not I very think with it's a sin it was very important to mm. have queer actors in those roles because it was about the aids crisis yeah and there's no other choices it's it's a story completely about gay characters there's no, other, no nothing else i'm sorry straight people i'm sure you're lovely and i'm sure you're great allies just cannot understand <laughs> you just can't and you can't use covid as an excuse mm. <laughs> mm. Is, yeah and it, it was good to see you know authentic actors in roles yeah. uh because i don't really think i've seen that before either like like we're saying again all the sort of characters and choices we've spoken about they're all straight mm. actors playing you know characters that are not yeah 
Mm, it is interesting. It's a very good thing. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, conversations and queries coming about who should tell stories. I mean, I, I speak about this with Wetton in another podcast, but it's like uh, who who should be telling these stories and writing them and, and sharing them with the world? Should it be the people that really experienced mm. them or wrote them themselves? Mm. Or should it be, you know, the best of us to tell these stories? Like who could do it justice to make people really think? And you get kind of caught up in that, that little yeah. debate there it's like could you tell it really well and make people understand it mm. more if someone was just more talented than you that wasn't from the same community that you were talking about yeah. or or should you sacrifice this and have the people that were genuinely affected by it and have that real authenticity being brought through in the work but may not convey the mm. same type of things it is tricky it's, it's hard. And i think it's very subjective as well yeah i mean i, I mean ryan murphy has i mean you know glee but i'm thinking of the prom and i'm thinking of james corden but then equally i'm thinking of the normal heart because he cast mark ruffalo as ned weeks in the normal heart which if you don't know the play is he's a aids activist gay man mark ruffalo originally said look i shouldn't be telling the story mm. then ryan murphy who was gay himself said no you're good for this part yeah but then he cast James Corden in the prom and I'm a bit kind of like to be honest it was just a bad performance yeah you know stereotypes aside I mean he was playing a real person and it was quite like the real person but should he have been playing that yeah Mm. yeah I would agree there that's like a perfect example there of what you're saying you know with Mark Ruffalo's cast in there it's like well you know and if you're working alongside someone with that identity and they give you, you know, the, yeah. the, the confirmation and support, then that itself could be argued to be a perfectly valid reason to allow people mm. that are not, you know, authentically that character type thing to play that. But then I agree, you know, with stuff with James Corden to come up and that is extremely, you know, set fire through, you know, the, the, the queer community and everything else. A lot, of, a lot of people are talking about this and I would agree. That's, again, sort of playing into stereotypes again. I mean, uh, I don't really know too much about, you know, who the character's based on and things like that. Mm. So maybe that was close to who it was type thing. But To be fair, it was. But maybe it's a fundamental problem with the musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? maybe. Maybe it's just written that way and then that's why it's the issue. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was... I think it might have actually been written for the actor who originated the role on Broadway. Right. So maybe, you know, that's a lesson in bring back these quality musical theatre performers mm, who mm. are out of work at the moment. It's true. <laughs> might have but, needed that job. Mm, but then I guess it's like, if you knew that role was going to be like that, you knew the character, mm. you know, the history of the character, yeah. why didn't you still choose to employ someone who is, you know, had the same identity mm. as that character? You know, that auth- authenticity would have then probably completely changed it because then that person would have brought their personal flavour to it which was, you know, it felt much more real. Whereas we all know who James Corden is. And it's once you he's kind of know that. At the moment. What's that? He's never thing. Yeah, I know. He's all over the place. He's done stop. really well for himself, though. I mean, once he moved to America, I think you know, it, was, play James Corden. it wasn't really going to fly in the UK. I think, you know, <laughs> I think the Brits didn't. We were like, mm, Gavin and Stacey was enough, him. mate. And then, uh, yeah. And now look, America love him. They eat everything he does up. 
which is really surprising but you know that just shows you how you can really change your career from being you know just sort of just sort of lowish level and then boom escalate Mm. all the way to the top type thing yeah Mm, mm. it's just a whole conversation that I don't but also I don't like how like you go on Twitter and it's straight people saying and I'm like look it's not your debate to have in a way Mm. it's like how you know I, I like my personal view is when you know Eddie Redmayne as in the Danish girl I don't feel like I can, I can have a view on that I'm not a trans person mm-hmm. I don't think I have a nuanced enough view and I've no experience of the trans experience therefore I don't think my opinion matters yeah yeah it's true on that mm. so I'm, I find that really hard when people say oh what I, I, I feel like and I've, we've had it a brief I think when people are like you're queer can you speak on this subject I'm like but I'm not I'm not that I I don't yeah I cannot speak for the it's like when people when so I was in a film like team production team I was the only woman on the team I therefore speak for all women yeah just it's Mm -hmm. it's trying to be as diverse as possible like yeah yeah it's for real for real another example i can think of which isn't you know lgbt related but yeah uh we we were having class but you know the african-american identities and talking about their history and things like mm-hmm. that but in some classes there was only one student which wasn't white and yeah. they felt the pressure that they had to represent the entire community and communities because yeah. it wasn't just one mm-hmm. set of people um and it's that pressure down. I think that's also a, another example of the type of things we're talking about. You know, it's the, a very similar experience there, you know, f- for what we're saying, you know, with LGBTQ community relating issues there. It's intersectional. All these other types of people experience this, you know, yeah. a very similar experience just with different content involved. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think one one potentially may gain more attention than the other and vice versa, depending as well on where you are and what what you're looking into. I think people need to understand that these issues are all sort of human rights issues. It's all very yeah. it should be like the fundamentals of, of, of life. It's not. So I think people need to stop separating and compartmentalizing all of these different issues. They are yeah. all human issues and all of them do overlap definitely and i think that's what people do forget people forget that you can have you know a gay black man and things like that yeah i mean let's be real like you know women are already oppressed massively so imagine you know a queer woman what what happens there Mm -hmm. now imagine a queer woman who isn't white what have you got there you know it's just people forget these things and like we said way back when in this in in our talk today about you know issues within our community are in within the lgbtq plus community there is still all of those problems going on there is still homophobia there is still racism for sure there is still you know references yeah and and you know there's people that fetishize people and all of these things that are just not good Mm. at all so something we're saying is it isn't you know just because if you're in the the gay community as such you're immune from doing it what's that you don't get a free pass to be racist or homophobic or sexist. No, exactly, no matter who Sorry. you are. No, yeah, I agree there because it's a big issue. And, and you know, racism is, is is insanely common. And that's so sad to say within the gay community. You know, I've I listened to a lot of podcasts and talks and things like that. And I've had like gay men say that, um, like black gay men say that people have kissed them and say, oh, you're a kisser for a black man and stuff like that. And it's like, 
what like that's people don't understand the effects of their words but because they're gay they probably feel like oh no i'm gay i understand these things but it's just not how it works Mm -hmm. so everyone does need to take a step back sometimes and just you know process things yeah it's a very similar experience but it's a very different exactly exactly it's like a venn diagram in the middle of those those bubbles you know that's where we're gonna fall because the experiences are the same but they are completely different yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's why sometimes you know people have experienced racism people who have experienced homophobia if they don't overlap in those those bubbles themselves they can find some sort of common ground there with experiences because i think that they are very closely linked but obviously very completely different but then equally i feel that that is sort of the basis of allyship you know if people can Mm -hmm. see these things that may have experienced something similar then i guess they would feel that they might have a right to speak up and say that that looks wrong to me if that was me that looks wrong yeah and i feel we don't necessarily have as much of that as we could have maybe no yeah i think with allies it's often bystanders like like the people who have you know if i'm like physically attacked or whatever like the people who physically attack me i can forgive but the people who watched and let it happen not so much yeah no that's a very valid point i agree some people that's just mm. that's just who they are they're never gonna but never gonna accept you and things like that but it's the people that do accept you and claim to be you know that that friend that supporter and then they they just let you deal with it themselves yeah i agree and that works with all marginalized groups of people all of the people that aren't in that do not use their privilege or their you know their lack of connection to that community to just mm. say oh well it did you know i didn't have to do anything yeah, yeah it's, it's very true very complicated but yeah yeah very complicated mm-hmm. complicated world we live in it is it is a very <laughs> dangerous world we live in as well <laughs> yes and that's without all the infections natural disasters i mean there's actual people on the planet too would you believe yeah. it oh what a mess what a mess but anyway thank you so much for joining us today Gigi. thank you for having me more than welcome i'm so glad to have you on especially as you know we want to try and get some content out for lgbtq plus history month because no one else seems to be doing it (laughs) no um so yeah very very big thank you to you um thank you and thank you for the listeners as well for joining us on this crazy ride of talking about all these different things Um, (laughs) i hope you've taken something away from it and you've laughed with us you've listened and thought with us um Mm. but yeah so thank you very much for listening and uh we'll catch you another podcast soon